The arrest did not open. Where the f yes! Max, try pressing the DRS after your curbing. Max, I think you may have closed it last time around. Because I'm pressing it 50 times before it opens. Just try one button press after the curb. Just leave me alone, I know what to do. Okay, he pushed me off the track. I think you have to leave the space. All the time you have to leave the space. Here comes the Matthew Sebastian Vettel. You are the world champion. The world champion. Well done. Enjoy it. You are the Mercedes threw everything at him today. Charles Leclerc has come brilliantly. He won in Spa. He wins in Monza. Charles Leclerc. 2019 Italian Max Verstappen, you are the world champion! The world champion! Get in there, Lewis! Yeah. Champion of the world! And it's lights out and away we go! Wow, welcome. Welcome everybody. Welcome, welcome. This is the DRS Activated Podcast. My name is Nick Calabrese. I am your host, and this is a podcast that is going to be dedicated to Formula One, probably 95% Formula One. Um, we are based out of the United States, so I'm sure at some point in time NASCAR will be brought up and 100% IndyCar is going to be brought up because I am going to the Indy 500 later this year. That is going to be an absolute blast. That is such a treat. I can't believe I even have the opportunity to go to that. Um, it is going to be fantastic. Um, it's going to be awesome. Indy 500, in my opinion, greatest race in the world. Getting off topic. Greatest race in the world. It is better than Le Mans, better than Monaco, better than the Daytona 500. It is. I think it's the best race in the world. Not biased because I'm going to it. Just my humble opinion on that. Uh, that being said, yeah, welcome. Uh, welcome to the podcast. I am from the United States, again, uh, from a state called Connecticut. Uh, we are based in the northeastern part of the United States. Um, where we are is the section called New England. Yep, not much going on here right now. Uh, we are in the middle of winter, um, but doesn't feel like winter. I'll be honest with you. There's no snow on the ground. Um, normally, at this point in time, we have a couple feet of snow on the ground, and we have nothing. It's just been green grass all winter. We've had some nice warm days, believe it or not, and uh, kind of a strange winter. I'm almost, at this point in time, I think I'm ready for it actually to to just be over. Normally I like the snow at this point in time, but now it's just, it's, you know, what's the point if there's no snow on the ground? Um, I'll kind of start with, uh, you know, a little bit about how I got into Formula One, why I like it and stuff like that. Um, I, I think it's kind of an interesting way, but it's probably, I, I feel like a lot of people probably got into it this way. Um, so 2020, obviously very strange year for a lot of people. Um, the world shut down for a, a pretty decent portion of that time. And, uh, Formula One was, I believe the first sport to come back, um, before, before the NBA, before major league baseball came back, um, before any, I think before any other major professional you know, sport came back. They were the first one to come back in person. Obviously, no fans in the uh, in attendance at any of the races, um, but they were they were the first sport to actually come back and actually you know have it mean something. Um, they came back in 
at, uh, I think, yeah, the first race was at Austria in 2020. And I remember tuning in. I didn't watch it from the start. I remember I just happened to have tuned in at maybe at the right moment at the right time. But I believe there it was definitely a Mercedes they were showing coming around the last corner on the pitch straight. I don't remember if it was Lewis Hamilton or Valtteri Bottas at the time. Uh, but <laughs> that, their car, that car was probably, it, it, they had the, uh, they had the, you know, um, how fast they were going on their RPMs on, on the screen. And they were going about 150, around 150 miles an hour around that last corner onto the pitch straight. And I was just in me to be hooked. I, I mean, I, I thought it was fake. I thought it was sped up. I, I didn't think it was in real time. And I couldn't believe that a car was actually moving like that and had that kind of reaction. It was just insane. So right there, immediately hooked. That was just, um, you know, something. And then, then I, of course, I watched the rest of the race, and it was, it was just, you know, insane. Some of the, some of the, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't believe some of the, some of the things those cars were doing. It was just unbelievable. Um, shortly after that, I discovered the Formula One video game on Xbox. Uh, also, again, during that COVID time, very strange time for a lot of people. Uh, me and my friends, or my friends and I, uh, we kind of resurrected our old, our old, uh, our old crew of of gamers back from when we played, you know, Xbox every day back in middle school and and part of high school, and uh, you know, it was kind of one of the few things that that we all could do. So I discovered uh, the Formula One video game, kind of through that, and again, immediately hooked. Actually, getting a chance to to, you know to race the cars that you see on TV. I was, I'm using, I use a controller, by the way. I don't have a sim racing setup, which still kills me, but that'll be a topic for another, you know, another time. It still kills me that I don't have a sim racing setup because I know, oh, I'm sure that'd be awesome. But to see the cars that you see on TV, you get to race with them, and it was just awesome. The sound, the noise, these, you know, even even though the, this again, the engines now, it's going to be another topic. But just the noise these you know these engines output and how fast they go and the reaction time is just insane. Um, it's it's pretty awesome. Um, and the last part, I'm sure, you know, me being on the Formula One Twitter side of things here now, it's kind of a, it's kind of a touchy subject here. This uh, this little thing, the Drive to Survive Netflix series. Now it's very funny. You got your your Formula One traditional fans who have been fans for you know 20 years. And, you know, everyone's, I feel like everyone kind of gets angry uh, when they see people who became fans because of the Drive to Survive series on Netflix. And it's kind of, you know what, it's kind of funny, whatever, take it, take it for what it is. Um, I, I certainly don't see it that way. Uh, it kind of gives you a, a glimpse into, into some of these drivers' lives, into some of the, you know, the team principals' lives. I think it's pretty cool. Um, and that was kind of a way, you know, it's kind of a way for everyone to almost to connect and, and somewhat relate to these, you know, to these drivers. Cause at the end of the day, they're human and the team principals are human, even though they're driving these machines, uh, you know, it might, you might not, you know, it might not seem like it, but these drivers and team principals and, and pit crew people, and, you know, they are all human. They're human beings, you know, without, without that, uh, side of the thing, you know, the side of the coin, the human element, you don't have these machines and it's kind of a way for people to connect with them and almost, like I said, almost relate to them. Going back to the traditional Formula One fans, they are not, I feel like, you know, I feel like they're not, uh, 
overly excited about this new age of of uh, of fans that are kind of getting involved and in, and in following Formula One because they feel like I, I feel like the traditionalists feel like the new wave of people are not following it for the right reasons. The traditional fans uh, they follow it, you know, I think solely out of the the motorsport side of things. They love the racing. They love the cars, they love the engines, they love, you know, everything other related, everything else not related to the human side of things. And I think his new wave of fans um, are connecting to the drivers themselves. You know, I, I don't, I, I feel like a lot of people now, especially the, the, you know, they call them the DTS, the Drive to Survive fans, they are, um, you know, they're tuning in because... You know, let's just say they, you know, they love Max Verstappen or they love Charles Leclerc. They love Lando Norris. They don't, they don't love the car he's driving. They don't love, you know, the racing side of things. They love the person. And it's cool. Hey, it's, it's a cool thing. And good on Formula One for, for giving the okay to Netflix to do that because, I mean, the, the stock in Formula One has done nothing but gone up ever since that it was primarily european and international and drive to survive and netflix they they brought it to the united states it's it's huge in the usa now uh, i mean we, we're having three races here this year in 2023 um i i think there's probably going to be five by the time you know in, in the next five years or so i think there's going to be five races in the united states at some point in time and again traditional fans probably not going to be happy about it but good on Formula One and, and whoever for giving the okay to Netflix to uh, to do that. Pretty cool thing. I, I, I personally love the series. Even though, you know, you kind of find out that some things maybe aren't 100% true in it, you still connect to the drivers, you still connect to these people in, in some ways that, you know, were never seen before. You know, can you imagine if that show came out sometime in the 70s or, or the 80s or even the 90s? <laughs> I mean, that'd be, that'd be awesome. You know, can you imagine documenting those series or, you know, those seasons from, you know, let's just say 76, you get Howda versus, or Lauda versus Hunt. Um, you know, you go to, you can go to 1988 and Senna and Prost, you know, 88 and 89 and 90, um, you know, documenting the two years, Michael Schumacher, one of the nineties and 94 and 95, you know, it's, it's, it, that'd be awesome. You know, getting to know getting to know those drivers almost on a personal level, and the and the team principals and you know everyone else involved, that'd be that'd be something. You know, and just I, I think a lot of people they just they connect to the personality and they, you know, they kind of put the team aside and the driver, you know how how they do aside and they care more about the person, which is a good thing. I I think it's a good thing. I think it's cool. I think it's very cool. But can you just imagine that be that would be that'd be awesome. <laughs> documenting that you know let's just say the 1992 season with Williams and you know that that machine they of a car they had some would say that is the greatest car of all time some do it's amazing it's certainly one of my favorites there's no question about it um, and that kind of brings me into my next little uh, tidbit here is kind of what I I love about Formula One, and first and foremost, that is the history of the sport itself. I'm a huge history nut to begin with, um, and kind of learning about 
you know, these teams and, and how it started and where it started. And, um, it was, that's, that's pretty cool to me. I mean, you see the evolution of these cars from the late fifties all the way up to now. And it's, it's, it blows your mind and how, how far they've come. It, it truly, it truly blows your mind. Um, you know, the cars, the cars themselves, some of the coolest cars ever made came out of Formula One. I mean, some of the most recognizable cars and ever in any kind of motorsport ever came out of Formula One. Um, and so many innovations, too. I mean, so many innovations get trickled down to these regular car manufacturers for regular road cars, you know, just from the innovations from Formula One. And it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. Uh, the other thing I love, too, is I, I love the logistical side of things and how how these teams get from race to race, you know, in almost a time crunch. I mean, you're going, you're, sometimes you have back-to-back races, obviously, in different countries, and it is amazing how, how quickly these teams, you know, get their shit together and, and get on the road and get it there all in a matter of time, like, like nothing. It's, it's truly amazing. I, I remember seeing a thing years ago, um, not years ago, a couple of years ago, about the logistics of Formula One, and it had, it was widely in part and due, uh, with I believe DHL, I, I think they're their number one like logistical partner. Um, but I I think all these teams for the most part they have they they kind of have their own um, ways of getting places. Um, still that is that's amazing. That is an amazing part. I mean just you know the amount of of manpower that has to go into you know to moving from race to race. It is just it's crazy. I mean one weekend just think of it. One weekend you're in France. And then the next weekend, now, you know, you're in, let's just say, Saudi Arabia. I know that makes no sense now with the, with the calendar, but it's crazy. You know, one weekend you're in Australia, the next weekend you're in Italy. It's pretty crazy how, how you know, how quickly they have to get it done and get it there. And it kind of goes hand in hand with NASCAR, too. I mean, it's pretty crazy. They, they do. They have a, a race just about every weekend, and they're driving sometimes from California to Florida, or Florida to California, Arizona to Michigan, wherever. It's it's pretty amazing, and they have just so much they have to bring with them now. It's you know, it's it's not a team of ten or fifteen people anymore. It's two, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred people. Sometimes you know, in excess of a thousand people that are, you know, getting their hand in the pot when it comes to from moving from race to race. That's that's pretty amazing. Um, another one of the things I love too. It's just I, I love the tracks. Each track you go to, it's unique in its own way. And it is, you know, it's amazing. You have some of these new tracks now that are popping up in the Middle East that Formula One's using a lot. You have these street tracks and these street circuits that weave through cities. And, you know, now in Miami around the football stadium, which is awesome. I, I mean, the location's pretty cool. The track, you know, it's up kind of for debate. I, I'm not sure still how I feel about it. Uh, you're going to be in Las Vegas next year, driving through the streets of Vegas. Um well, you know, that remains to be seen. Obviously, they haven't done any racing there yet. We're going to see how that, we're going to see how that is. I know <laughs> kind of the general reaction from it is kind of, you know, why? And I, and I get it. It's Las Vegas, though. I mean, I've never been to Vegas. I, I know a million people that have been to Vegas, and they've all said the same thing. It is, it's a spectacle. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a sight to behold. <laughs> it's, it's, goes hand in hand with Formula One. It truly is a circus. Formula One is a circus of 
of circuses and and Las Vegas is is no exception to. I mean that is probably the you know if if you had to give a if you had to label one city as a circus, just one city in America as a circus, it's Las Vegas. There's no question about it. And you know, and it goes hand in hand. It's who, who knows. It's probably going to be pretty cool at the end of the day. Formula One always puts on a good product. Who knows how the racing is going to be, but it's going to be cool. It's going to be under the lights. Vegas Strip's going to be lit up. It's going to be fun. But going back to these tracks, uh, you know, you have these classic tracks like Spa and Monza, and you know, that have that have almost been in the circuit since its inception. And Monaco, which has obviously been in, in the circuit since it's the beginning. Um, it's pretty cool how that gets done and how <laughs> and how how these cars now and how you, it's you know what and you can see over, going back to the history you can see over the years how these cars drove the track in the 60s or 70s compared to how they drive now it's amazing i mean obviously the tracks have evolved a little bit but still it's 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 quite something um i'm trying to think what my personal favorite track is it's probably it's you know i, I think it's I think it's Spa in Belgium. For my people who don't know the Formula One circuits, probably Spa in Belgium or Monza in Italy or Imola in also in Italy. Those are, I mean, classic again, three classic tracks right there. I'm not a huge fan of the new tracks, with the exception of maybe like Bahrain or something. I really like that one. Um, that's about it for the new tracks. I'm not a huge fan of the new of the new tracks or the street circuits really either. More of a classic track guy. Um, I just feel like the racing is so much better there for some reason. And it might not, you know, a lot of times it might not be, but I don't know. I just feel like with the tradition, maybe it is. Who knows? Uh, kind of moving along here now. Um, I'll just kind of give some of my some of my general opinions on, on Formula One. And that's going to be kind of the the theme of this of this podcast it's gonna i mean first and foremost i'm a fan i I, i'm a fan of formula one so a lot of things are going to be opinion based um i'll be the first to tell you that i'm a ferrari fan i I love the red car um i'm also learning very quickly that being a ferrari fan means that uh it is just a constant state of pain and suffering uh because ferrari really haven't been in the mix of the championship i mean clear mix of the championship since Michael Schumacher and, and Kimi Räikkönen in the, in the mid-early 2000s there. Um, they've had great cars, you know, in the in the late 2010s, 2017, 2018, in uh, last year. Um, but it's just, it's so funny how, how, you, how you look at these seasons and how they fold out and how they play out. And, and just Ferrari has, you know, just the biggest drop-off of any team. You know that's that's in contention for winning a championship. It's just it's it's so funny, and I really hope that's not the theme. You know, going forward forever here, because I think what anyone as a Ferrari fan would want is for one of their drivers to win a championship, and for them to bring home a, a constructors' title, because it's 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 pretty bleak. It's been pretty bleak for the last twenty years almost now. Um, <laughs> that being said, um, I think the goal for this podcast is, is, to, you know, I, I'd like to have fun. I don't want it to be a, you know, a, a meme page at all. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to take this, 
for the most part pretty seriously, but I'd like to have fun with it. Um, even though there are some things that are just hilariously memeable within Formula One, it's just hysterical how funny some things are when they play out. Um, yeah, but I think the goal for this podcast is to is to have fun. Obviously, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't think I'd have fun doing it. And I, I think eventually, you know, I I'd like to um I'd like to have some guests on. Obviously, I have no one to talk to right now, and I probably have about ten listeners. And they're all within my friend group who know nothing about Formula One. So hopefully I can give them some sort of education on Formula One. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I guess the goal for that is eventually to kind of branch out. Hopefully um, hopefully get some guests on here that, you know, at some point in time have uh, been involved in some kind of capacity of Formula One or, you know, motorsport, something like that. Um, and I, I think, you know... Like right now is a, is a pretty good time for podcasting. I think I feel like a lot of people are making podcasts kind of out of nowhere, um, you know, just kind of on random things, and they're very successful doing it, which is awesome. I think it's I think it's cool, and I think it's kind of a good time for it. Um, yeah, so kind of uh, like again, I I want to have fun with this, and I and I I think I'm going to. I'm quickly finding that this is it's a lot of work to do this. And I, so I, I don't know how many episodes in, in, of this I'm going to do, uh, you know, a month, a year, whatever. Certainly I could be like Joe Rogan. I won't put a podcast out, you know, every day. I feel like he puts one out every day. Um, so, you know, Formula One's a long season. There's a lot going on always, and there's always going to be things to talk about. So that alone is, is going to be awesome. And, um, you know, I, I eventually like to, uh, hopefully kind of you know put my put my name within that form of the one community and you know have some have some solid listeners and and have people on here that are knowledgeable of the sport much more knowledgeable than I am so that'd be cool that'd be very cool for me uh kind of segueing now into my last little subject here this is a quick episode this is mostly the welcome episode um when we get when we get some more things to talk about we'll we'll get a little longer um We'll get some longer episodes. So I'll, I'll just give my general recap of the 2022 season. I mean, it was first and foremost absolutely dominated by Max Verstappen and Red Bull. I mean, just utter domination from from start. It felt like from the beginning of the season to the end. I mean, it was just, it was relentless from them. And hats off to them. They built the best car. They have the best engineer in Adrian Newey who knows how to build cars better than anyone on the planet. And hats off to them. Spectacular performance in Red Bull. Truthfully. Max Verstappen, too. I mean, the car was borderline perfect. Some would say the most dominant car in Formula One. And they're not wrong. Max had the most uh, most wins in a single season. I think Red Bull took home... I, I think they had 18 race wins. I could be wrong there. I'm going to have to look that up. I think they had 18 race wins out of the, out of the 22. Um... It was 17 or 18 wins out of the 22 races they had this year. I think it was, I think it was 17. It may have been 17. But anyways, just crazy, crazy, crazy things. Um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my quick recap of 2022. Um, what else do I have to add to that? So Ferrari, obviously, beginning of the year, 
they have the one two in Bahrain. Everyone thinks, oh my god, this is going to be an unbelievable year for Ferrari. Their car looked magnificent. Red Bull, they had a double DNF in that. Everyone's thinking, oh my god, Red Bull, now that they're making their own engines with Red Bull powertrains, even though they're it's pretty much a Honda engine. Everyone's thinking they're going to have reliability issues, and Ferrari is just going to run away with it. Mercedes looked like they had a terrible car at the beginning of the year, and they slowly got better towards the end of the year, but Mercedes at the beginning of the year, probably the third best car on the grid. Ferrari, clearly the best in Bahrain, and it was just nothing, nothing but pain from, from just about there on out. Even though in Saudi Arabia, Charles looked like he had that race one, and Max just had that straight line speed of that Red Bull, and it just it was it was not the best track for Ferrari. But now we go to Australia, and we think about Australia now again. Max DNFs, Charles wins. Everyone's thinking Charles is going to be the world champ. Ferrari back on top again. Red Bull reliability issues. Max's engine I think blew up in in Australia. So you got reliability issues now at Red Bull. You're not, you know, you're not entirely sure about Sergio Perez if if Max keeps having DNFs, if he could, you know, hold the torch to to Charles and Carlos Sainz of Ferrari. And Mercedes still struggling at that time too. And tough, just tough for the rest of the year if you're a Ferrari fan. Very very tough if you're a Ferrari fan for the rest of the season. Um, what else? What else? I think kind of the, uh, I think kind of the, the general feeling right now, um, is that Red Bull again is going to put out a superior car to the rest of the grid and Max being Max, who is arguably the best driver on the grid right now. I mean, he could, he could be, he could very well be the best driver on the grid, um, with the exception of maybe Lewis and, and Charles, and if you give Fernando Alonso the right car, he might be the best. Who knows? But with the best car and Max being who he is, uh, he's, you got to think he's unstoppable. And the same thing could have said been said for Lewis, too, for all those years. You know, from 2014 through 2020 and 2020 and almost 2021. Um, you know, did he have the best car or was he the best driver? And I think it's just a perfect storm of both, where he he probably is the best driver on the grid. He probably was the best driver on the grid for those years, and he had the best car. It was just the perfect marriage between the two of them. You know, who's who's to say? You know, if if you know Sebastian Vettel had that Mercedes during those years, if he would have won a world championship, who know? Who who knows? But I, I think. You know, my prediction is Red Bull's probably gonna sweep it again. I, I don't, I don't see anyone kind of stopping them for the next couple of years here. Um, I, I think more people have faith in Mercedes to stop Red Bull than Ferrari, even though Ferrari had a had a great car last year. Um, I, I don't think people expect uh, Ferrari to maintain that. I think they kind of expect them to to not. You know, to kind of to kind of fizzle out almost, and I I, I guess you know you, you look at a pattern and you kind of you kind you do kind of see that it's like, you know, especially the last ten to twelve years, it's you know, it's been it's been Red Bull and Mercedes for the last since 
2010. Uh, I don't think anyone else has won anything since 2010. Yeah, Red Bull, Red Bull and Mercedes, they have every championship since the year 2010. So, yeah, uh, I think general consensus in my in my prediction too. Uh, it's it's an honest prediction. Uh, it's it's going to be Max and and Red Bull. I, I don't think anyone's going to stop them. The only people who might have a chance this year are Ferrari and Mercedes, possibly more so Mercedes, because I think people just have a better feeling about them, just recent history. Um, so yeah, episode one, that, uh, that's, that's pretty much all I have to say for you today. Um, uh, on this episode, I, I am going to, and I, I'm sure it's going to get better. I have very little editing skills at the moment. It's just me doing this. Um, where I, my workspace is an absolute disaster, so I apologize if you hear anything kind of falling down, <laughs> if it sounds like something's falling down in the background here. Um, and my my equipment, I don't think, is is even close to being the best at all. Um, I have a tiny little, you know, editing box here and, uh, and just a standard microphone. So if, if the audio is bad, I'm, sh- I'm confident it'll get better at some point in time once I figure all that out and what to get. Um, I'm just using my, my regular laptop to, you know, and just some kind of software to record this. So I apologize if the quality is not the best, but it will get better and there's no question about it. Um, and when we get, when we get some things to talk about too, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun season. And I, I appreciate all of you listening in episode one and, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun and I appreciate all of you being here. So um, one more thing to add today is January 31st, uh, Haas released their livery, 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 paint scheme, if you want to call it, if you're an American, NASCAR paint scheme, for their 2023 car. Um, interesting, interesting livery, livery, livery. I'm just going to say paint scheme, whatever it is. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, their main pot, or their main uh, sponsor this year is MoneyGram, so it's a it's kind of it's kind of a MoneyGram color scheme with black and white, and a little bit little bit of red in there too, which is pretty cool. Um, so far, the car launch season, which is kind of right now up until about the, you know the middle of February, um, <laughs> I guess that's a pretty decent pretty decent uh, pretty decent look so far to start it. So yeah, once again, thank you again. Um, for listening in and we're going to see you next time whenever that is and I appreciate it again you all have a wonderful rest of your day actually before I go um, follow us on Twitter at DRS Activated Pod I have nothing else right now I don't have an Instagram I don't have a Facebook I don't have a website we have just a Twitter account Uh, I have just a Twitter account at DRS Activated Pod on Twitter give us a follow and once again, thank you so much for uh, for tuning in, and you all have a wonderful day. Take care now. Bye-bye.